Jolie does go on to talk about, you know, the unraveling of the minds, the mental health and the careers of mothers. And we've all felt it in different ways. Um, and this is a chapter, it's not a whole book. So obviously she can't go into too much detail, but it's like the chapter serves as a summary of the issues, I suppose, that were felt during lockdown. You're listening to The Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. My name is Kate Bett. I am a mother of two little ones, three-and-a-half-year-old Lois, eight-month-old Lenny. I'm on maternity leave at the moment from my job as a writer on a website, and I know Laura through our brilliant book group, and that's why we are discussing the Pregnant Then Screwed book and the new chapter, which covers the pandemic. Welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions podcast. I am revisiting an episode that we recorded last year, which was all about Jolie Breely and Pregnant and Screwed's book, all about the motherhood penalty with my friend Kate from Book Club. Um, and Kate's back with me today. Hi, Kate. Hello, Laura. Hiya. <laughs> How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, I think. Yeah. Nice to be doing this in person rather than remotely. I know. It is so nice, isn't it? And um, yeah, it's, it's us together doing this, which is always nice to be with a friend doing something like this. So thank you for coming back. Pleasure. Thanks <laughs> having me. Um, a bit different though this time because the episode we recorded last year and I was just looking back it was May 2021 when we recorded mm. so cast your mind back to that. <laughs> we had um, some other friends from our book club also contributing um, voice notes all about the book that Jolie had published then but today it's just you and I um, because today we are concentrating on the new chapter of the book so it is now available in paperback version the motherhood penalty how to stop motherhood being the kiss of death for your career and within that publication of the paperback version there's a whole new chapter called lockdown so that's what we're going to focus our chat on today because you and i have both obviously read the book but we've now also read this new chapter yeah, yeah. and when we reviewed it last time we did think that was a big sort of omission didn't we we yeah. thought it's strange that it doesn't mention lockdown so it makes sense yeah there's a whole chapter on it. I know yeah you're right completely because we did think oh on reflection to kind of wrap up the narrative of the book that would be nice but obviously the timings probably didn't fit in terms of publication deadlines last yeah. time so now with this paperback version there is this whole chapter so let's chat about the chapter but before we get started just to set the scene as you've mentioned we're in person together um a few other changes since may 2021 um who are you now sat with today kate uh today i have eight month old lenny sitting on my knee he might be making some noise um but yes he was a large bump when we last spoke yeah um, yeah so yeah a bit more vocal now <laughs> a bit more vocal well he's looking great he's looking fab and we've also got uh your eldest child we've yes got lois, lois is uh rustling around in the background promising to be quiet while we record oh, our no. chat no she's fab she's doing stickers everyone maybe i share some uh, pictures of her sticker work later on as well <laughs> <laughs> so a few changes for you and i'm sure some less significant changes for me but you know there will have been some changes in my life between May 2021 and and now February 2022 um but let's chat about the chapter of the book um just obviously I'm not going to read out chunks of the chapter because we want you as the listeners to read the book and I'm sure some of you have as well but I think it's always nice and that's why I like being in a book group (laughs) to reflect on points made in a book with somebody 
and to have that conversation. So that's why we wanted to do it. Um, so in terms of the chapter lockdown, let's chat about the beginning of the chapter because both you and I sort of enjoyed Jolie's intro to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it takes us back, doesn't it? It starts with the statement from Boris, which is, I must give the British people a very clear instruction. You must stay at home. Yes. yes. Ignoring current political uh, situations going on. That was, yeah, that was the, the vibe. We were all obedient. Yeah. And, um, and it's hard now to kind of think how strict everything was and how life was really restricted yeah but I thought Jolie's opening paragraph was you know it took you back there and yeah. she she writes really amusingly as well she's got a wry style so she's mm. very readable even though there are a lot of facts and I think we talked about that in the last book review exactly um episode that you know for a book that teaches you a lot and is basically a textbook in some <laughs> ways it's also really easy to read um, mm. and engaging yeah and I mean when I first saw her statement like using the Boris statement before she gets into her narrative of taking you back to 23rd of March 2020 I was a bit like oh why use that statement but actually it is it's about getting you into that space again isn't it it's about yeah. taking you there and she talks about um Initially, there was a sense of excitement. Well, not quite excitement, more a Blitz-esque show of isolated camaraderie. Now, I wondered, because I obviously thought back to how I was, and I will say a little bit about that, but I wonder if you remember your feelings of that time or your actions or like a key word that stands out for you. Interestingly, I really relate to what Jolie says. Mm. Um, there was an excitement, even though it was awful, an excitement of lots of pressures being taken off mm. and thinking life's going to be insular, you know, and because I was pregnant, perhaps I was in a cocooning kind of mm. uh, mentality, but I, I did feel a sense of relief and that kind of solidarity you felt with your neighbours and there was, it was mm -hmm. blitzesque, I suppose. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, obviously that changed quite quickly for a lot of people because um, mm. she talks about, you know, standing outside and blithely banging your sauce pan, oh, yes. yeah, um, yeah. and, you know, don't worry, Joe Wicks will be limbering up at 9am so we don't vegetate. I never um, did the Joe Wicks No, routine. not did I. <laughs> no, I like the idea of it, but yeah. <laughs> not the um, reality. <laughs> no. But yeah, and then she quickly goes into actually what happened and especially mm. for women and mm. um, on on whose shoulders a lot of the yeah. childcare, domestic responsibilities suddenly yeah, yeah. fell more than ever and how that affects work in yeah. many ways and life generally in relationships at home. Yeah, because she ends that sort of intro segment with getting through the day without sobbing or screaming hysterically. So that kind of change of pace um, comes <laughs> yeah. around. And I mean, thinking back, I, I mean, my word that I noted was around organisation because I went into... I don't think I quite got that buzz that she's referencing, but I was like straight away, because um, as you know, my eldest daughter has food allergies. So straight away, not being able to get those food delivery slots, because everyone was like, you know, panic buying the bog roll and the pasta. I was like, I need to be able to get certain things for her that you can't just easily get on your daily trip to the corner shop, you know, I need to have those food slots. So I remember like messaging all my great neighbors being like, if you're getting a delivery, if you've managed to get a slot, please can you put X, Y, Z 
soya milk, soya product, etc., in your basket. It was really stressful. And I also remember being very quick off the mark with Nat, my partner, doing a timetable about homeworking, homeschooling, which hour he was covering, which hour I was covering, etc. So I remember just like being in this like I probably went too quick into organisation mode, but there was a need, um, and I don't know if that served us well or not, um, because I, there was many days I was also sobbing and screaming at the end. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Oh, hello, Lenny. Lenny's dropped his dinosaur. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think the fact that you had two children, mm. and then I only had one, mm. and she was and still is only at nursery, not at school. Mm. I think there's a big difference mm. because the schoolwork that you suddenly had to you know homeschooling I didn't have yeah. to deal with that so yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. it's a lot easier for me to feel the the positive things and being pregnant the cocoon the cocoon vibe that yeah you said. Mm. and just feeling you know I just wanted to stay in and yeah. stay close to family close family and keep safe you keep safe yeah yeah, yeah but mm. that organization I yeah. a lot of my friends you know experienced that mm. and um and especially single single mothers I know a couple of single mothers and one of them described almost having a nervous breakdown yeah. um because she works five days a week and she has a very demanding job and mm. had a six-year-old at the time and you oh know goodness. intense yeah, yeah, yeah. really intense and did she manage to get like furloughed or anything like that or key workers status or any support I mean obviously it was a small percentage that got one of those support packages yeah, yeah. no she works in the media mm. um she just had to plow through she just had to plow through carry on working yeah luckily yeah. she'd been in her job for a long time and didn't mm. um as far as I know Phil her job was at risk mm. but a lot of people also felt that yeah um yeah. I know that uh one of the things Although I found it, I think we'll probably talk a bit mm. about dads, but mm. my partner, um, his business completely changed mm. structure because yeah, of the pandemic. Yeah. And suddenly uh, there were some redundancies, yeah. not him, but he has ended up taking on extra work. Extra work. Mm-hmm. He's now doing the job of four people oh instead goodness, of one. Mm. And mm. the bonding experience that we had with Lois and him, mm. although it his bond with Lois increased during lockdown mm. when Lenny was born because he needed his sleep to be able to cope with the stress of his job. Yeah. There's been no nighttime feeding, yeah. share at all. So, and Lenny just will not be comforted by him if he's really upset, which is, yeah, it's a real he's shame. a terrible sleeper. So yeah. it's, that's very stressful. It's a shame for everybody then, doesn't yeah. it? So even yeah. though that, yeah, we will talk more about dads, but let's continue chatting because it's, it's really important. So, even though he was at home more, the fact that he was working more and the pressure was more as a result of the pandemic, the benefits of him being at home more didn't really come into play then, yeah. They they definitely did for Lois. They definitely Mm. did for Lois and before Mm. the job started because a lot of Mm. lockdown happened before this job change happened. Mm. The job change happened just as Lenny was born, Mm. which was made it very unfortunate timing in terms of baby... Yeah. bonding he managed just about to get his two weeks paternity yeah but you know he was doing meetings and things yeah, yeah, within yeah. that time because it was necessary mm. but his relationship with Lois is 
completely unrecognisable from what yeah. it was before. It's lovely. Yeah. And he's learned a lot about doing hairstyles on girls. Good, so, good. You yeah. could do some uh, tutorials. You could, yeah. like, declansdoos.com. I mean, yeah. this is... Yeah. You can see a new Instagram account. Yes. Great, let's do it. I'm going to, like, scrap the podcast and just work on that. <laughs> oh, Kate. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely come back to that. Um, and as you've picked on you know with the highlighting your friend who was like working homeschooling doing everything um Jolie does go on to talk about you know the unraveling of the minds the mental health and the careers of mothers and we've all felt it in different ways um and this is a chapter it's not a whole book so obviously she can't go into too much detail but it's like the chapter serves as a summary of the issues I suppose that were felt during lockdown so um yeah and she just mentions that it was as if the gendered impact of policies such as school closures didn't even register um so yeah it was major um and I'm sure everybody listening will have you know something they would want to shout about or share as a result of having gone through it Mm. absolutely yeah and she highlights that all the decisions were made by a team of 10 men as well yeah which is yeah was obvious <laughs> yeah yeah it's worrying isn't it so um yeah like just wonder what what change it will bring going forward um and then there were some things I followed through Twitter and social media that weren't necessarily things I was going through but um came to light which she references as well in this chapter um one of them being the self-employed income support scheme the SEISS which discriminated against new mothers um, in how it was calculated. Um, so if you had taken a period of maternity leave in the last three years, then the payment was going to be lower than somebody who was either um, childless or a male colleague. Um, and I remember reading that in the battles of having to fight for people that were going through that and not receiving the payment just because they taken their maternity leave which was their right and I mean yeah. it was really worrying that it was just a complete oversight wasn't yeah. it just no one considered it yeah that your average pay would obviously go down drastically if part of your, the past three years you'd had reduced pay because of maternity leave it was it was appalling yeah. yeah and it's really scary how long it takes for those things to then be rectified so if you're going through yeah. that you've got the stress of the pandemic but you also got this financial burden and stress on yeah. you and uh, yeah and the admin stress of trying to sort it out because no one's just going to go oh sorry we made a mistake yeah. here's an envelope of cash yeah yeah, yeah. it's like Follow. lots of phone yeah. calls and emails and yeah. sorting things out yeah and that's why i think having the support of pregnant then screwed around in their helplines and things is, is yeah. you know why, why lots of women appreciate their work and yeah no we've all right it's it's good it's like we're homeschooling again you know trying to work and childminding. Lois and the yes no that's all right I'm just not very good at the childminding bit anymore (laughs) I got back into the work hat and not the the childminding hat um yeah and then the book goes on to talk about pregnant women in the workplace as well so you were pregnant when we spoke last time Kate um but obviously some jobs you can do from home other jobs you can't do from home and so those women who were either working in the care sectors or hospitality sectors if their jobs were still available um in person and pregnant and the guidance was pretty limited from what I can tell yeah and Jolie 
highlights a couple of case studies mm. um which are just devastating really yeah. the fear that these women felt being at work not knowing what was going on what was safe what wasn't not being mm. protected yeah. um there was a woman who i think she it, she didn't say what the job was but it wasn't mm. necessarily in the care system mm. um but she was working in an office i i think um and her boss was quite intimidating mm. and forcing her to come in and not allowing her to socially distance oh and goodness, at the time i think that was pre the advice that pregnant women should be vaccinated mm. so you know that awful to have that stress while you you're pregnant anytime but while you're pregnant on top of you know you're worrying about your health but you're worrying yeah. about you know the unknowns of the baby yeah and just the stress adding Mm. to the health of your baby as Mm. well yeah really horrible yeah and did you I mean you your your role within journalism and your work I assume you were at the end of your pregnancy during that lockdown yeah you were working from home but what happened with you in terms of those health conundrums like I can't think of a better word than conundrum like it was a conundrum because yeah it was it was very confusing I remember the first um six months of my pregnancy the advice was that pregnant women shouldn't be vaccinated Mm. so you know I was ultra cautious yeah um as we all were really but um Mm. you know there's that kind of extra layer of paranoia because Mm you know you know you can't get vaccinated and this was when people were starting to get vaccines uh, because obviously that didn't come until quite far into the pandemic Mm. and then um when I was about six months pregnant the advice changed yeah that pregnant women could get vaccinated but it all felt very new I wasn't sure whether it was the right thing to do I was discussing it endlessly all sorts of mothers Mm. seem to have different opinions yeah and I remember going to the um, nurse at my GP surgery to be given my flu vaccination because I was pregnant and saying what would you do yeah 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 and she said well the GP in the room next door is pregnant and she's decided to wait because like you she's at the mm. late stage of stages of pregnancy and I just thought wow well if a GP is not having the vaccination then I'm not going to have it and now you know looking back and reading about how seriously ill you can get if you're pregnant and you get covid it's Mm. like that was crazy but it was just so confusing and yeah and my goodness I'm glad I wasn't in that that sounds really selfish doesn't it saying I'm glad (laughs) I wasn't having to go because how do you then weigh that all up and also you've got to think about what's your lifestyle at home was Lois going into nursery then or not or was she she was which made it an extra layer of worry yeah 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 yeah, yeah. because then yeah you've got a child who could also pick it up through nurse yeah I mean yeah I mean I'd, I'm sorry you had to go through that stress <laughs> I mean hopefully now it's now the vaccination program and the facts are fully formed it's easier for for people even though we're not out of the pandemic but yeah if pregnant women now are, are getting you know correct information through yeah hmm. yeah and there's more awareness of protecting pregnant mm. women and you would hope yeah they're not being put in situations, even with vaccinations. Yeah. But, but then if you're a nurse or you're working in a care home, I mean, mm. yeah, it's still imperfect. Mm. Um, yeah. She does talk about a few positives as well, exactly. doesn't she? Well, let's move on to the positives. 
let's chat about some of those positives then, Kate, because they obviously have been there. It's it can't all have been bad. Um, and Jolie does say it's it's hard to to come up with as many as of the negatives. Um, but obviously, dads we've referenced and yeah. partners. Um, How was it for you having Nat at home? It was it was good. I think I think we well, and Nat may will he mind me saying this? No, he won't mind me saying it. He's very he's well. He's a lot calmer than me for a start, <laughs> but he's also good at working longer hours than me. You know, he can like work late into the evenings, um, and even though I didn't get that break of either key worker status and having access to childcare or being furloughed I had to plow through my job as it was I was only working part-time so there was at least some flex that I had to do instead of doing my kind of three days condensed I could spread my hours out over the week so I could take gaps to do a focused hour of play in the garden or take gaps to do a focused hour of homeschooling and Nat did that as well but it meant he was then catching up into the early hours of the morning. Um, so like working like late at night into the early hours of the morning to catch up with workload. Cause as you referenced with Declan, the workload doesn't necessarily dip. No, <laughs> um, no. But having him home, I think we were generally like quite a good team and having like a tea time together, like a meal yeah. in the evening together was really nice. Whereas now we're back into, yeah, it's not quite a normal pattern, but a more typical work-life pattern yeah we don't always get those tea times as a family yeah um, so I really enjoyed that um obviously there's always like trying to think of stuff to do because even on the weekends you might be doing a bit of work catch-up or trying to change the pace of it and I did still feel that sometimes I was having to come up with those things you know like a new way of playing or a new craft idea or a yeah. new way like I still felt like as the woman or as the mother in the house I drove that a bit more yeah I think that's fairly universal isn't it it's mm. I think it's unusual the couples where it's the other way around which I don't mm. know why that is I no. mean no I don't know it's an interesting one but yeah. yeah even though the parenting for a lot of us did feel much more equal mm. that mental load I think yeah, they call it the mental load th- remains yeah, yeah. yeah you know in the mother's brain brain space yeah um Yes, you might not be doing the like the club bookings, yeah. but you're doing the, all the other kind of let's not go insane in the house stuff. Yeah, yeah. and maybe kind of pl- planning meals, you know, the food prep. I get, I'm always the one thinking more about nutrition and mm-hmm. what's going on the plate. Is there, you know, is there protein? Is yeah. there iron? Is there this? Is that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I did find I remember during the, the strictest lockdown when mm. schools and nurseries were shut that forced us to change obviously mm. as everyone was suddenly having to be at home and mm. split childcare um i changed my working hours okay because i was working part time 3 days a week yeah. and i changed it to work 4 days a week but starting an hour earlier and finishing at 2 o'clock oh, okay. and um when lois went back to nursery that continued just because it worked and it meant that while she was at nursery from two o'clock onwards I had a few hours to myself to I mean I was generally spent tidying up and meal prepping and stuff but I had the time to do that 
and to focus on it without watching that she's being entertained and everything yeah yeah, yeah. so that was a real positive yeah well that's good and what about when Lenny arrived was there any like because obviously people missed out on seeing relatives a lot of the time at those newborn stages and like did you feel there was any good or bad bits for you personally at the stage you were at it was bittersweet because obviously you want to see family and you want them to meet your new baby. Yeah. But I remember with Lois, the, there was a you know that pressure of just a constant stream of people and you're absolutely shattered yeah, yeah, and yeah. you just want to kind of, again, you're just in that cocooning stage. Yeah. And so, you know, although it was sad not seeing family um, or not seeing many family members, there was also a relief of not having to entertain lots of visitors, mm. that constant stream of making sure you've got milk and biscuits and cake and yeah, you know, yeah, and just yeah. being on. It was nice just to be able to not brush my hair. Keep the and... cocoon vibe. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just with you saying about not brushing your hair, it's not personally about your <laughs> hair, um, but it did make me think there is another bit in the, in the chapter where Jolie talks about <laughs> pregnant women being able to sort of hide their pregnancies for longer as well because they're on Zoom a lot of the time rather That's than in really person. That's a really interesting one, yeah. And that really stood out to me when I read it because I hadn't thought of that, but actually I was reflecting back and I'd be like, maybe I would have done that because when I was pregnant with Casper, I was on a short-term <coughs> contract and I remember not telling my employers until the later stage of the legal cut-off for when you can say. Yeah. Um, whereas when I'd had my first and I'd been in a permanent job, I'd been much more open earlier on so yeah it's just different isn't it so yeah. yeah it is and I I remember I was um we were in the zoom phase when I was my pregnancy started showing yeah. and I did wait until fairly late you know obviously before the legal limit I don't really know why I just mm. felt that it was home life and personal and I didn't have to tell yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. until I was ready and so yeah, yeah. I did wait and you know shoulders up upwards on zoom chats and yeah yeah I <laughs> but you brush your hair for the zoom I did brush my hair yeah <laughs> that was before Lenny arrived <laughs> I know I've gone on a bit of a tangent there but also thinking what you said about um the pressure being off a bit to host and entertain I'm sure it probably is different again if it was your first child whereas Lenny was your second yeah, child I mean yeah. I can imagine if it was your first baby and you were home alone maybe the benefit of your partner being around more could have come into play but you know lack of access to other groups with other parents in or midwives coming to meet you in person um, you being able to see your immediate relatives not being worried about older relatives catching covid if they travel to see you all the things that so much stress Mm. and yeah with the second it's less Mm. but I really felt for people I knew who were having their first child and just so isolated and I was aware of the reduction in midwife contact that I had and you know I'd been there before Kate, getting back to the the crux of Mother of All Solutions and why I suppose I'm interested in Jolie's work and this book here um, is when I started the podcast, a lot of it was around my desire to look for more flexible work solutions as I was becoming a, a parent and 
seeing other parents and what was happening with them and thinking actually more needed to be done. So with this home working scenario that we've been forced into doing, you would think, correct me if you think differently, that it would have been a push to bring about that change. And It seemed like a massive silver lining, didn't it? It did. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way of talking about it. So I was quite shocked to read what Jolie highlights in um, quite late in the chapter that, disappointingly, I can't remember if she's got statistics, but mm. flexible working is not something that a lot of firms have decided to continue. Yeah. And yeah. and I remember a friend um, going for a job interview um, before we were encouraged to go back into the office and uh, it was a virtual job interview with the mm. recruiter and she asked about flexible working and was told by the recruiter that because the company owned the building mm. that um, the offices were in there would be no flexible working because they needed to make the best of their investment oh my goodness. and that um, the sales team all uh, weren't able to work remotely and therefore no one could because it wouldn't be fair Oh my goodness. And, you know, they were making people go into the office even then when we weren't meant to be going into the office. It was so financial. Yeah, it just, it seemed harsh. And I guess that that is obviously something that is going on all over the country in different businesses. Yeah. Yeah, and you asked about data. I don't think there's a, a number per se, but she does talk about um, that flexible working requests were being rejected at a much higher rate than they were pre-pandemic. That's right, yeah, mm. higher rate is so shocking, isn't mm. it? And that TimeWise also found that fewer jobs were being advertised as part-time or flexible. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's... Doesn't compute. It doesn't compute. I mean, it's, it's interesting to me because I moved jobs and I think with that, and because I have learned more about what you can and can't ask for through doing the podcast and talking to people like yourself and people I've got to know over the past couple of years, I the job that I'm now doing wasn't advertised as flexible and it wasn't explicitly stated like that which you know I think would be great if more and more jobs were just really explicit and I think people are starting to do that more but I felt more confident asking for it and it was that's interesting so you went through the interview process and then when you were offered the job you said great yeah we had a conversation about this is what I'm gonna do yeah what I can offer you (laughs) yeah 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 and I've got some half days and so generally I'm keeping those as work from home and full days, it makes more sense for me to travel into the office. So there has been a really good conversation about what can work for them and for me together. But the fact that I probably did that in a position of confidence now. Yeah. Whereas if that had been me three years ago, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have just seen that job advert and gone, I can't apply for that. Yeah, because it's full time and yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that I mean, mm. that's a, a positive if more people do feel empowered to ask. But yeah, why aren't businesses well, yeah. and on the flip of that, yes. it, why are we so tied to this awful, unfamily-friendly, yeah. patriarchal model that yeah, yeah, yeah. no one wants? And it's and it, even it's not even just family-friendly. It's like everyone-friendly yeah. if you think about it. But there's like yeah. other lifestyle choices around people how you with dogs. work. People with dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dog walkers are expensive, and to be able to, you know, for everyone, yeah. it's being people more flexible. People don't want to commute for an 
an hour. Yeah, or, commuting yeah. and, you know, n- not actually having to travel yeah. on planes yeah. is obviously more environmentally friendly to yeah. go to meetings when you can yeah. now acceptably yeah. do it remotely. Yes, Lenny's fighting the campaign here. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. And I, I well, I was actually really surprised when I read that chapter because I thought, as you called it, the silver lining would be... Sh- more silver, more shiny yeah. <laughs> than it appears to be, which is quite... Who's driving that, you know, uh, resistance? I, I just don't, don't understand it. Well, let's hope. And how does how does um, Jolie phrase it? I'm just going to read from the book. Um, Ultimately, the likelihood is that there will be more homeworking following the pandemic. And this could be a good thing for women, as long as employers don't punish the ones who make use of it. However, for the mothers in precarious work or jobs that simply cannot be done from home, it is highly unlikely we will witness any benefits whatsoever. And again, that made me reflect because, you know, I am in a relatively privileged position with a partner, with a job, a job that can be done from home. Some flexibility now be granted to me, but you realise that the benefits, it's going to widen socioeconomic gaps, probably even more like who does get these benefits and that is depressing in it in another way isn't it sorry I'm going off on a bit of a tangent no I think that's totally Mm. totally on point it's yeah it and she she also makes the point doesn't she at the end Mm. of the chapter that is perhaps it's not necessarily a positive but she she frames it as a positive that it's Mm. it's made everyone angry yes and that you need that anger for change so it's a kind of you know sort of Mm. negative positive that at least this has highlighted how the government needs to address these issues and that more of us are aware of the inequality that's happening yeah true I feel like we should end on a really positive though rather than uh well actually no let's end on both because life is a bit of both (laughs) isn't it I mean and something we haven't talked about today but I think we should pick up in another episode is she does reference um the fact that was it Germany and Portugal had better support for parents and this reading this and you touching upon the anger made me think about what's happening in the states I think we probably could do a really nice episode thinking about those international aspects of this as well so if anybody's listening who has experience of um what's happened through the pandemic or the future of flexible working from another country's perspective we'd love to hear from you and you can reach out to um, mother of all solutions on our twitter and instagram as at solutions mother or you can email me mother of all solutions at gmail.com so that's one thing i was thinking about um going forward we should look at um but yeah i think we we (laughs) What what's your next step, Kate? Like let's that's as I said, let's end on something positive. What do you feel like you're gonna change or do going forward? Now you've got your two kids. Are there any shifts to your patterns that It's hard it's hard to say because I'm still on maternity leave. Yeah, so yeah. um I work in a team of um four and all of us have families. We, we were all very good at working from home anyway, so it was. We were lucky in that respect. The, the company is set up for flexible working. They've taken stock of of the positives that people felt and mm. are trying to see how to implement them and obviously look after the people who also really want to be in the office and yeah, yeah. don't need that flexible flexibility. But they it need seems different like, things, yeah, yeah, or yeah. a different type of flexibility. But yeah. it's it's a modern forward thinking company and uh, 
yeah, I'm excited about good. about getting back to work and juggling, <laughs> but hopefully good juggling. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm sure, I'm sure. And Lenny, you've been a little star as well, yeah, haven't you? Lenny, well done. <laughs> so thank you to Kate for joining me on this revisit of Jolie Breely's book. Um, I'll put the link to the the new paperback edition in the show notes. Um, so it's the motherhood penalty. So I'll link link to that. So thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me. And I'm us, sh- us, yeah, yes, and Lois as well. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'll see you at book club again soon or another time for coffee and a walk in the park maybe with the kids that would be nice too (laughs) I look forward to it thank you Kate and thank you all for listening you've been listening to the mother of all solutions with me your host Laura Broderick and my guest today Kate thank you for listening and do listen to past episodes and get in touch if there's anything you'd like to hear more on take care bye